So we are here at the Florida Anime Experience 2016, and we have been lucky enough to sit down with voice actress Kate Oxley. So thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's, it's very exciting. We always love heading out to this convention and uh, have a lot of fun here. What's been your favorite part of the weekend so far? I know we're only about halfway through. Well, um, meeting uh, fans of the show is always exciting. You know, just getting that affirmation, other people who enjoy what you're doing and enjoy what you enjoy has been really fun. Uh, Tom and his team run a great convention, so I've been, uh, I've been enjoying getting to know them and uh, watching them work also. I heard that you uh, maybe were hitting up some of the theme parks and some butterbeer might have been involved. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, yes, I did get to visit Harry Potter. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I got to enjoy that. That was really fun. And, of course, did Disney. So I'm with you on the Harry Potter love. So so most people might be familiar with you from your role as Akane Sunemori in Psychopaths. That, I think, is one of your most recent roles that you've been involved in. Um, but what role are you personally most proud of? Well, um, if there's one that, that stood out to me, it, it probably would be this role, just because um, I, I truly love this show and I had a great um, experience. You know, sometimes the process is more fun, sometimes the product is more fun, but in this case, uh, it was a great process working with Zach Bolton and Chris George um, on this and uh, up at Funimation. And also, I, I've really enjoyed uh, the product. I love the show, uh, the storyline, the characters. The animation's beautiful, so um, I, I would have to say this role has been uh, my favorite so far. Were you familiar with the role before you went into it, or was this something that you learned about the show after you had gotten the role? Yeah, I'd like to say that I was familiar with it, but I wasn't. That probably would have helped my audition, <laughs> but um, no, I was just called in to audition for it, and I didn't know much about it. I uh, did, did a little bit of looking into it beforehand, and um auditioned and then uh, found out I was cast and cast in this role which is super exciting and just kind of got to know it as we went along you know I only knew that we were signing on for season one and then after that was done we found out we got season two and then the film so it's been really exciting that do that does sound really really exciting it, you said that you were doing it up at Funimation I believe a lot of times voice actors say that they record and they go in for a session and then they leave and they really never see their co-stars. Was that the situation with this or was this uh, slightly different in that did you have an opportunity to meet your co-stars? Well, um, that, is the, that is the case for the show um, that I recorded exclusively by myself, which is my experience at Funimation. Um, but because I've worked up there for uh, going on 12 years now and I know a lot of the other actors that, that work there just because I've done other work and a lot of them are directors. So um, I, d I do know a lot of the other talent on the show. Some of them I didn't and I got to meet them, you know, when we recorded commentaries or, you know, you'd bump into somebody and the director would say, oh, hey, you guys have never met, you know, which is weird for him because he sees all of us and then he hears all of us together but it's an interesting dynamic that you yeah you record by yourself sometimes the other voices are there already they've been recorded sometimes they're not um but um of course i knew uh, rob mccollum from other shows that we've been in together and several other people but um other than when we record uh commentaries when you know two to four of us are there in the booth together uh you know making comments on whatever we're watching yeah we're recording by ourselves so it's interesting one curiosity that just popped into my head, oftentimes you hear about rap parties with Hollywood movies and whatnot. When, when oh. they're done shooting, the whole cast goes out and, and has a party. Is there anything like that that okay. happens at Funimation? When you said rap parties, I was thinking RAP parties. 
And then I was like, what's this? Why haven't I been a part of a rap party? Yes, uh, where everyone gets around in rap battles. <laughs> no, I would love that, actually. I've done a lot of improv, and rap battle is one of the games that we played. It's one of the hardest, but I love that. Do you, do you usually win the rap um, battle? No, no, I don't. But I did I did uh, get an A in on my sixth grade science project because I chose to do a rap in front of the class nice. instead of a science project. It was do you about have a, a hip-hop name that you go by is there i don't but oh, okay. feel free to make one for me <laughs> um, i'll try to think of one by the um, end of the interview you you all heard it here here's a challenge <laughs> think of, of kate's rap name yes i would love that um okay so but a rap party not spelled r-a-p um well no but uh actually we don't i've got that question a few times and it did strike me as odd in the beginning how you come in and you don't even see the whole episode that you're recording on, even when you're playing a lead character. You may not see the episode unless you choose to look it up in Japanese and watch it before you, com you come in. But sometimes when you come in to record, when you're scheduled to come in, you don't even know what episodes you're doing, and you may be coming from another job. You may not have time to sit down and watch two or three episodes before you pop in for you know, 30 minutes to record a couple lines or whatever. So it's probably pretty rare that you see the show before you come in to record. So it always kind of struck me as odd when you finish a, a, a project that there's not that, well, let's all get together and have some popcorn and hang out and, you know, watch what we did. But uh, one cool thing about Psychopaths is this is the first, uh, the first movie that I have been involved in that went to the theaters where I live. I live in Dallas-Fort Worth, and, uh, you know, there was a showing in, in – uh, Dallas oh, awesome. at several theaters so it was the first time that you know my husband and I got to go to Dallas and watch it in a theater with other fans wearing t-shirts and it was like wow this is so neat so um, I am sentimental and that was like a definite warm fuzzy that I was missing from other shows and experiences that was a really cool experience excellent so what when you leave the booth what do you use as a metric for a good job so just personally what defines for you when you leave the booth you're like that was a really good day okay. versus uh, i could have done better yeah well i think you kind of get that feeling throughout the session you know maybe you're there for an hour maybe you're there for i mean i've had days where i've recorded for you know six or eight hours which is a really long day Ooh. for recording um but sometimes you just have to do that uh because of the schedule but I think throughout, uh, throughout the recording process, you kind of get into a rhythm, hopefully, with your director and your engineer. And um, luckily, um, I got to work with Zach Bolton again, who's the director of Psychopaths. And he and I have worked together for as long as I've been at Funimation. And um, probably all of the shows that I've had leads in, he's directed those. Um, we work really well together. So um, we can kind of pick up where we left off and, you know, we can kind of tell if we're clicking along, you know, we always have a certain amount of lines that you're supposed to be able to get done within per hour that the actor is booked. And I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what, what that number is, but you know, if you're running behind and you don't finish, you kind of feel like, you know, I, I didn't do as good of a job today because, you know, things weren't really clicking along and I was supposed to get this episode done today. And now I'm going to have to come in for another hour to finish it. You know, that's kind of, a drag but you can feel it all along if you're if things are clicking if you're if you're getting each line in a, in a couple takes um then you know it, it feels good but um I think knowing that you finished on time if the director has a good sense of what you did if they're happy with what you did then usually I'm happy with with what I did Excellent. So you're you're currently f working for Funimation Entertainment, as we've mentioned, and recently Funimation completed a Kickstarter for a redub of Escaflone. Uh, were you aware that this Kickstarter was running at all? 
No, I, I wasn't actually. Okay. Um, how do you feel about redubs? So the idea that Funimation was brought over, I want to say in like the 90s and dubbed originally back then. And now they are redubbing it and kind of re-releasing it. I don't think that there's a Blu-ray or anything involved in it. What do you think, under what circumstances do you think a show merits a redub or should have a redub? How do you feel about redubs as a voice actor? Well, I think... Um as far as what merits a redub, I think if there's interest from fans for any type of product, then there's merit. You know, if fans are interested in Psychopaths 1, hopefully there could be a Psychopaths Season 2, etc. You know, so um, I certainly don't feel like I'm a judge of saying, yes, that's appropriate or no, that's not appropriate. If there's a desire for it, then, you know, it's like, what, what is the, the phrase? Um, uh I can't think of it. The the uh, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. What is that they teach you in economics? Supply and demand. Oh, yeah. It's on the top uh, on the tip of my tongue. So if if there's demand for something, then there can be a supply for it. And as far as redub, I mean, as a as a voice actor, from my perspective, I'm thinking, well, that could be more work. But you know, ten years from now, if somebody wants to redo something that I've done, I'm sure I'd feel differently about that. <laughs> so I don't know. Okay. There's there has been a notable increase in Kickstarters actually being used to fund anime, especially in the dubbing industry. Um, so, for example, Pied Piper Incorporated, I think they're in out, out in California, just successfully raised almost a hundred thousand dollars over their asking price for a skip beat dub. Wow! How do you feel about crowdfunding potentially disrupting the dubbing industry? Do you think that this could change the type of shows that we see being dubbed? Well, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the direct effect will that, of that will be. But like I said, you know, if people have an interest in something, if there's a demand for something, then, then you know, people are going to call for that and people are going to make it. So, you know, we're, we live in a society where things are ever-changing with technology and, you know, the voice industry may need to adapt. And I'm not sure what that will mean for me personally or what that will mean for... Uh, the voiceover industry or anime as a whole, but um, certainly I can't control it. So we'll, we'll, I guess we'll have to see, but I think it's cool that if people have an interest and a desire that they're making something happen on their own. So I'm not sure if you're allowed to clarify, but can you work for companies other than Funimation or do you have an exclusivity contract with Funimation? No, I'm, I'm, I'm free to work with whoever I would like to work with. Yeah. Okay. So are most voice actors in that kind of a situation where if more work was created in the industry, they could go and work for whatever projects that they wanted to? Sure. I, I don't know of anyone who has an exclusive contract with Funimation. Okay. Yeah, because everybody, in my experience, who does voice acting in Texas, uh, most of them, if they're supporting themselves as actors or voice actors, they, they are doing a good amount of other work elsewhere. And if they're not supporting themselves exclusively as an actor, they have other jobs. And so I think Funimation, uh, I, would, I would assume, this is my assumption, they know that the people, the talent that they're recruiting, in order to uh, remain working actors, have to find work elsewhere. So I think they would kind of be putting, the, putting themselves in a bad spot to say, you can only do work here. Because I'm not sure how many... Uh, actors could support themselves exclusively doing work at one location, you know, and they're, they're a great company. So I don't, I don't see them doing that anyway. Do you find 
in your experience, you said you've been with Funimation for 12 years. Did I hear Yeah, that I believe so. Yeah. About that, that yeah. at least. Um, do you feel that more anime is coming over to the States yeah, I think so. Just, just what I see, you know, when I started, they were in a different building and there were just a few booths and now they're in a much, much larger building and there are a lot more booths and they're a lot prettier and um, there are a lot more people uh, working there. And every time I visit, there's new little cubicles being set up. So, I mean, just visually what I see when I walk in, even though I don't, I'm not an employee of the company, I'm technically just a contractor who comes in. Um, what I see with my eyeballs when I walk in the building is that they're growing and they're having, you know, there's a lot of great things going on there. So I, I would say, yes, it looks like they're, they're growing incredibly. How often are you approached to audition for a role? So how often would someone come to you and say, I love your work. I have a project I'm starting. I would love it if you would consider auditioning for a role does that happen or is it more you finding things or do you have an agent who finds things for you how what's that process like okay so you're just speaking in general not at Funimation just in general yes as you as a voice actor um in general I think the people who are doing things that are that are outside of anime like commercial work TV spots, radio spots, they may not be familiar with the anime scene or any work that I've done in anime. They might consider that something totally different. So somebody who works for a radio station who's looking for somebody to talk about their website on a 30-second spot isn't necessarily looking for people who have done anime to do those things. So I do have uh, I do have an agent, but I haven't done nearly as much commercial work as I have done anime so it is something that I'm currently taking upon myself to be more more proactive to uh to look for for work outside of uh voiceover work outside of anime simply because now that I kind of have my foot in the door obviously at Funimation I'm lucky enough to get called in to auditions and things there but as far as work outside of that um I have to be very proactive for that that made me curious. One of the things that I think a lot of anime fans face is a stigma against the anime community from people at large, oftentimes. Does that exist in the voice acting industry? Is it something where if you have anime on your resume, other companies will look at that and go, what are you What are you doing with cartoons or whatever? Or well, is it's it possible. Just- I, 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 can't, I can't speak for them, but if I were to guess, I would say probably. You know, I, I think that it, it may not mean a lot to a commercial agent or someone looking for commercial work that I've done anime because it it is a very different animal you know doing anime you're not only doing a voice and acting as a character but you're also matching flaps which is you know a big piece of the puzzle Uh, you're not simply at a microphone using your voice to promote a product or an idea you are using your voice to using your voice and your uh, ability as an actor to in part tell a story and to become a character and so there are similarities but it's very different so I, I would say yeah there probably is a stigma um, but I, I'm just going to choose to fight against that and hope that I can get you know uh, different kinds of work in different places because I, I enjoy it all. Well good luck and as we all must fight against that stigma um, what are you most excited about regarding the future of the industry as a voice actor in 2016? Okay when you say the industry do you mean anime specifically? It could be both either. 
well, your career particularly, if you want to go into that, however you want to approach it? Well, actually, I, I don't have any projects on the horizon, but I, I was speaking with you just before we started recording about uh, possibly making a studio in my house to, to do some some work on some uh, some different spots. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, becoming more uh, proactive to... To, to market myself towards some other some other venues some other projects um, other than just anime because now that that wheel has been turning you know I'm kind of look looking towards exploring some different options so I don't have any projects on the horizon but I'm looking forward to hopefully auditioning for more anime I love doing that and um, hopefully looking forward to doing some other type of work in the voiceover industry excellent um, no, I was just, yeah, that pretty much covered any questions that I would okay. have. So, yeah. <laughs> well, best of luck with your future projects. We'll be respectful of your time because there are literally posters sitting in front of you <laughs> for you to sign. And I know you have Q&A and stuff later. So thank you so much, Kate, for in joining us on this little interview and for answering our questions. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. And thank it was you. a pleasure. Same here. Thank you. Okay. I love how he's down on